Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I started a business during the recession in 2009 here in the U.S. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. I mentor people with master's degrees, with PhDs, and I help people who have been in business for a long time. I had deal with, with a nutrition store maybe a half mile away from my facility, and we, we cross promote. You know, we help out to give our clients what they need. That's where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Right, happy Wednesday, everyone. Hump day. Here we are. This is Rob Foster with Shut Up and Grind, episode number 48. And so you guys know with this show, we show you how to step into your greatness because we all have it. It's all inside of us. And I'm not saying this to be cocky, but like just an overwhelming sense of just gratitude comes over me every time I watch that intro video and just look at the things that I've been able to, to accomplish, but more importantly, just the amount of people I've been able to reach in such a short amount of time. So like this podcast has been listened to in 16 countries right now. I just got asked last night to speak to, to get interviewed on a radio station that has a viewership of 8 million people, like in less than a year, it's absolutely mind boggling. The things that we can do when we step into our power and part of that power is your intuition. And sometimes your intuition is trying to guide you, but as human beings, it can kind of lead us into the unknown and we tend to step away out of fear. And so to better have this conversation, I brought in someone and after making a series of bad decisions with one leading to a friend of his being shot and killed, Sunil Godsey spent thousands of hours on research and interviews to find out that the reason we waste time making bad decisions is because we ignore our intuition, a subconscious phenomenon that we are all born with 
that helps us make the right decisions at the right time in any situation that we find ourselves in. So you guys know I usually jazz up the introductions, but this was you know a serious topic and a serious thing that he went through. So I wanted to keep the introduction serious. So welcome to the show, Sunil Gadsi. Thank welcome, you for sir. inviting me. Thank you, thank you so much. Really excited to be here and hopefully to drop some knowledge bombs to help people stop wasting time in their lives with bad decisions where they can simply trust their intuition to make the right one every single time. Absolutely. So first, I just I just want to say, you know, you definitely had a stroke of luck because like I'm booking into June, but someone happened to cancel. Yeah, I love and it. You, and you were able to slide right in. I <laughs> so, love it. I love it. That was meant to be. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely meant to be. All right. So before we dive into the intuition part, let's, you know, just tell us a little bit about about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm I'm a founder and a CEO of Intuitionology or Intuitionology.com. Uh, born in Winnipeg, Alberta, uh, in Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada. Okay. Probably one one of the coldest places <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the earth. Uh, and just grew up there, and and sort of uh, we'll get into sort of the career a bit uh, when it comes to the intuition. But uh, former engineer, yeah. MBA, um, and now doing this. Uh, you know, after uh, really kind of reflecting on when intuitions kind of played a role in my life, both listening to it and ignoring it. Um, and I really I, I really dug deep into finding out what what is this thing called intuition and, and why do we ignore it? Uh, which is so powerful when we, in, in trusting it, it always leads us to the right path. And when we ignore it, it, it doesn't. And so I really need to find out why. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely spend this, this next 55 minutes picking that apart. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, all right. So you're from Canada, huh? I am. So we've got, uh, we had actually a blizzard, a bit of a snowstorm uh, a couple of days ago and the buses were canceled. So the, the girls, uh, both uh, nine and 14 stayed home yesterday. Um, okay. And then now it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, now we're getting a bit of sun. So it's melting that snow out. <laughs> yeah, we're dealing with some snow here too. Okay. We, we actually have some snow coming tomorrow, but I think I'm going to beat it because my daughter and I are going down to Florida. Nice. And I think, think our flight leaves like a couple hours before it's supposed to get bad. So oh, nice. Little, Very nice. Little, little stroke of uh, fortune for us too. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely. All right. So just give us some, some of your backstory. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, the reason why I really kind of wanted to look at uh, intuition was really came back, it, it came from my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And so when I wrote, wrote that book, the premise of that book was really about if you learn the lessons from those who have failed specifically in business or entrepreneurship, because I was a management consultant at that time, way back in, in 06 and all that. Um, yep. If you learn the lessons from others and you don't repeat them, then you shouldn't fail. You should be able to succeed faster. That was the premise of the book. And so when I started speaking on stages um, all over the world, one of the questions that I kept getting from entrepreneurs is, okay, Sunil, tell me the one thing that's going to uh, get me to succeed. So at that time, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, okay, listen, this is a book of 400 pages. It's not a, this is not a PDF. If it was one thing, I could put a PDF out and give it to you. And then I wouldn't be here on stages, you know, sell, uh, you know telling you all these stories uh, until I went back to the audio recordings. And when I went back to the audio recordings, what was really interesting is that 80 to 90% of these executives or entrepreneurs use some form of, I should have known what I did. I should have trusted my guts. I should have trusted my intuition. I knew what the right decision was. So these was, this was the language around this thing called intuition. And I said, huh, that's really interesting. So there's like a lot of people in these executives are talking about this thing called intuition. So kind of what is it? And so when I reflected back to my life, I distinctly remember at five years old thinking uh, that, so there were some video games that my dad, uh, that I wanted to buy. My dad was saying, uh, they're too expensive. 
And I distinctly remember this voice saying, Sunil, go door to door to raise money. And I did. And I took my little brother in tow and we raised $200, $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to charity because that's, I, that really made me feel, felt, feel good. That's and awesome. I'm thinking, wow, that's at five years old. Uh, you know, perhaps I, I'm born with intuition. I mean, how does it know now reflecting back? And then when I look at the times when I ignored my intuition, three distinct uh, things come up. Uh, so for those watching, obviously, I'm a, a South uh, Southeastern or, or, or East Indian male. And so there's four careers that you have as an East Indian male. Typically, it's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And that's it. Mm. And, and so I picked door number three, which was engineering. My dad was an engineer. Um, and it was just not what I wanted to do. I was meant to be the entrepreneur. And every little breadcrumb I had leading up to that had some kind of entrepreneurial quality in it. Okay. Uh, and so I ignored that, fell uh, fell prey to what we call the societal norms, and I became the engineer uh, and really didn't like it. And two years into that career, I got a chance to be a private investor with a, a Mexican restaurant chain that came up to Canada. Yeah. And pretty soon I was making five times more in dividends as a private investor than I was as yeah, a full-time engineer. And wow. so in year number three, I just said, I got to quit. I mean, this, this right, me, I was, let me stop you. Right. Let me yeah, stop absolutely. You right All right. I wrote it down too. So private investigator was where, yeah. where we private, left. Private investor. Yeah. Oh, oh investor. That's right. Not, in not private investor. Yeah. Sorry. Investor. All right. So we'll get back to that because yeah. what, what you just said is, is powerful. Cause a lot of people, myself included fall into that trap of where you kind of know what you want to do. Yep. Like growing up, I knew I wanted to do something in the health sports field, whether an athletic trainer or whether like a gym owner, I knew I wanted to do something. And almost along the same lines, my dad was also an engineer. Right. And he was, now granted, he wasn't wrong because he said, you want to get into computer engineering. This was back in 1992 when okay. computers were, you know, Gateway was just starting to come out and all yep. that the Intel processor. So he, he definitely wasn't wrong. Like he saw that that industry is going to boom. Yep. He's like, he's like, you want to get into computer engineering. And so like, so I gave in, I, I enrolled for it, but then I was also in track and field and I ended up injuring myself in track mm. and I couldn't compete. And then now I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be in this engineering program, you know? So I ended up just dropping out of school. And then what are we told? If you don't have a college degree, you're going to end up flipping burgers at McDonald's, right? right? So, right. you know, I, I ended up stay, but I ended up working in a restaurant, but I ended up climbing the ladder up to management. But that's where I learned how to hire, how to fire, you know, how to do sales forecasts, income statements, P and L's. So, like, I, I was learning hand, hands on, you know, school of hard knock style. But now we fast forward, and I opened up a gym, a fitness center. And I'm a speaker and a podcast host now. That's Everything excellent. I wanted to do, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a speaker. I wanted to be in fitness. So just sometimes it does come full circle. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And that's what happens when you, when you kind of listen to those signals. And, and, and we'll talk about signals and there's specific characteristics of these signals. But when you listen to your intuition, what happens is these doors of opportunity start to open up. And then you just have to open it. Right. And we talked a little bit about fear. Uh, you talked about fear a little bit earlier, and we'll get into why the, the fear comes in and why you should actually trust that fear from two perspectives. I'll give you a scientific one uh, and one from an intuitive perspective. I think it will really kind of open your the eyes to those watching and listening. Um, uh, but yeah, that was the, the first uh, the first thing that happened to me. And when I when I actually trusted my intuition to go into entrepreneurship full time, uh, 
uh, not only I, so the, the, the bad thing that happened was I sacrificed, uh, my relationship with my dad. That was a necessary thing that had to happen. It was emotionally really, really turmoil, a, a bit of turmoil for me because I was close to him. But when I was started running a number of businesses, you know, three, four five businesses, $20 million in revenues, I loved it. Like it was just, it was what I was meant to do. Yes. It was what I was meant to be. Uh, and so and then I ended up becoming a management consultant and there was this huge, um, contract down in Silicon Valley, a lot of money that was being thrown at me. But what was pr the problem was that there were these contract terms that kept changing. So every time I got the contract back, there was something that was changing. And now this something was telling me, Sunil, you better back off. There's something, there's something fishy here. Yet I ignored that something then. And I went, I said, no, the, the money's great. This is going to be a great opportunity. I'm going to be going to skip Silicon Valley. Um, and I went all the way down there and the company didn't pay me. And I came back to Canada with 20, 23 cents in my bank account. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it was, it was just dead broke. Uh, and so I had to rebuild all that. I was about to be married in a couple of years. My wife luckily was in India. So she's phoning me as I'm driving up to, uh, back to Canada. She goes, how's it going? And I'm thinking, great. I, I'm telling you, excellent. But I don't even know where I'm going to be sleeping that night. Mm -hmm. So, and then the third one you, you alluded to uh, a bit of my bio is there was, uh, so when I was in engineering, I was doing some personal coaching at the time. And a friend of mine reached out to me. She was being stalked at the time. And so she really needs some advice to uh, get rid of this guy. And so again, this something was telling me to meet with her that afternoon. I didn't have anything uh, planned. It was, it was completely open, but for some reason I ignored what I called this something. Uh, and I said, let's meet a couple of days later. And that same guy that very next day actually walked up to her to a bus shelter and put a bullet through her forehead Wow! and killed her instantly. Oh and God. so now I'm thinking, Oh my Lord, like I really, got to figure this thing out because now I've looked at the things that have happened when I've ignored my intuition. And so I, I started to focus on these some things that there are some things that I followed and some things I didn't. And so there's kind of like signals. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's really interesting that I remember there's an intuitive channeler that was in my social media sort of contact sphere who yeah. talked about signals and intuition. And so let me go to her and get, get an interview from her to see what she thought. Yeah. And to see if there's any way that I can define it. Because I'm thinking, okay, how do I see this? Uh, and if you look at the time that I was doing this research, at that time, it was like meditation, voices from God, uh, spirituality, uh, manifestation. And so, and there's nothing wrong with those definitions. Yeah. But it didn't resonate with me. Okay. And so, uh, and, and so I went online, looked at some online dictionaries. Still, I just, it just didn't resonate with me. So I'm going, I'm going to this intuitive channeler and I asked her about intuition. All right. Let me, let me, let me stop yep. you again. Stop. Yeah. But no just problem. Cause I don't, I don't want to just gloss over what happened to your friend because this was yeah. a big, this was a big thing that pushed you oh, into huge. this direction. So, so when you first got word of what happened, what were your initial thoughts? So my initial thoughts were to really kind of look at the people around her uh, and, see because they were we had some common friends uh, yeah. and to reach out to them to make sure that they were okay and that was my first thing is call them all to make sure that they were okay before i even looked at myself yeah. and then when i looked at what i what had happened to me i just like i was reflecting because i remembered when you know i didn't find out until later in the second day i was actually waiting for her outside her of her apartment yes 
And I was thinking, this is on, this is not her. She's always on time. This is the first time. It's, and then I'm thinking, what are the possibilities? Did she get late? She, uh, you know, maybe she couldn't phone me. Um, all these things are going in. Yeah. Uh, and then it was until a little bit later that one of my friends called me and said, Sunil, did you hear the news about uh, this, the, about Terrell? And I said, no, what happened? And she goes, well, she was killed. Mm. And I said, oh, my God. Uh, and so that's when I reached out to these other people that I knew. And then I just sat in my car and I was just like, my mind was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, what did if, you, did you feel responsible? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely felt responsible because, uh, well, so I know that she was, she was killed, but I didn't know why or yeah. how. And it, it was until when, when the news came out that the same, the same stalker, and I knew him from before, I'd actually met him. Uh, yeah, that even drove a deeper wound because I warned him about, uh, about her, about him yeah. before. And the, again, that, that when I, when I saw him, met him, the, those vibes that were coming is like, this guy's bad news. Mm. Uh, and so that was going through my head and what could I have done and why, what, what were these some things? But at that time I didn't focus on these some things. Like, it's like, it was more like, why didn't I? Yeah. Right. And so those were the questions that were going in. And it wasn't until I reflected back to say, wow, you know, there was something powerful that now I'm tying everything together yeah. with other experiences that, that, that were telling me these signals that were telling me what the right thing was. And that led me to start really diving into the definition and reaching out to this intuitive channeler to really find, okay, what is it? And if I can find a definition, then there's got to be a definition for others because I couldn't find one online that was common. Yeah. And so when I, when I sat down with her, she talked about the signals and what she was talking about was that there was little, there was like no research in it and our belief system uh, is just not there and it was energetic in nature. And so now, having an energetic property really kind of resonated with me because back in engineering, I remember like things like steel has a mass and it has wave-like or energetic like properties. Yeah. So that kind of resonated with me. But then she was saying, well, how come, like she says, the research just hasn't caught, caught up. And I'm thinking like, why? Uh, I mean, this, if this is happening to me, it's gotta be happening to others. And so I thought, okay, who else do I know that can maybe shed some light on, on some research? And so I had this neuroscientist, Dr. Michelle Rathbone, who was also in my in my circle of contacts. And I said, uh, you know, I'd like to interview you. Um, would you mind doing an interview? And he said, sure. And so we, I go to the hospital that he's working at. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not expecting much because I'm just trying to get his, yeah, maybe there's some research, something like that, uh, you know, just to give me some opportunity to see, okay, where can I point to? Um, so I turn on the camera, I ask him, does intuition exist? And the first thing he says, it absolutely exists. Uh, in fact, he uses it for his patients. He goes into a scientific explanation of how the neurons go to the gut. Um, and he, the other thing he was saying is, is more and more neuroscience research is showing that intuition happens a lot earlier than we are consciously aware of it. And so I'm going away saying, wow, I'm blown away by this interview. Now, where do I find the research? And so I go to an academic database and I start typing intuition. I hit enter, not knowing what to expect. And thousands and thousands of articles on intuition. And let me bring up some of the key pieces that really, really resonated with me. One was that your intuition hits what we call the amygdala. The amygdala is the primitive part of your brain. It, all it knows is fight or flight. All it knows is single things. Uh, think, trust, do, go. That's it. 
And in fact, there's no language around it. And so now there's, that's why I couldn't find a definition is because if intuition hits the primitive part of our brain, we all put our own unique spin to it. We all put our own language to yeah, it. Yeah, we do. Right. And so we can talk about the same thing. People talk about gut feeling, hearing the voice, uh, and I'll talk about some really unique ones coming up here. But um, that's why we all have that, that thing called intuition that we feel our way through life. But we all want to describe it in our own way, which is perfect. And that's why this, this voices from God and all that stuff. I respect those definitions, but they weren't ones that I embraced. Yeah. So that was one. Then with me having thinking that in, you were kind of born with intuition, there was research that showed that infants as young as two months old had shown intuitive capabilities. It was, it was this paper called it intuitive physics. Okay. Can, can I share some, something real, real quick? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In my, in my speeches, I start with a slide and that the slide says every child born will naturally become who they were meant to be. Yes. If they don't get interference from other people. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You're bang on bang on. And the problem is uh, we start getting interfered with by societal norms, by people's who intentions aren't there. We, we don't filter start our relationships. Parents. Start from parents. Yes. <laughs> if yes. the parents don't have, I don't want to say the right belief system because people can believe what they want to believe, but yeah, but like if, if they're from a, a place of scarcity, that child's going to grow up in a place of scarcity. Yeah. And a lot of times they're doing it for safety. I'm sure my dad was following sort of the East Indian Kool-Aid and the, and the, mm -hmm. and the, the safety part of it. And I, yeah. I kind of respect that. But he never once asked what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody really goes to and, – and for me, at least my kids are lucky that – I guess I'm not sure it's lucky. But because I talk about intuition all the time, yeah. uh, they kind of grow up knowing these signals and what do they want and not to bend to other people's wants and even ours. We yeah. can give suggestions to them, but ultimately they lead their own path. Yes. And so they're lucky, I guess, in that if you're, if you're kind of comparing them to the norm – Mm -hmm. then they're different. And so if you look at the, the paintings behind me, uh, so that's my daughter. She, so she's 14. She's, she's a, uh, an artist. Uh, and so she actually runs a federal Canadian nonprofit business. Nice. She's raised over $30,000 in about a year and a half, all because her purpose is to help those with disabilities and illnesses. But that's driven by her intuition, her yeah. intuition to help those with disabilities express themselves through art. That's the purpose driven by her intuition. And, and, and she's doing much better than some entrepreneurs already at, at you know, 12 or 13. And now she's 14. Uh, and then she came up with a care package. She says, Dad, there's a pandemic. Let's do a care package. I say, okay, yeah, that's a great idea. So awesome. that's what happens when you give these, your kids these tools to really kind of be creative and be themselves. And they can change the world. They can, yeah, or they can just change one person's them. life, right? Yeah. Yeah, because too many times I I see it. You know, kids have talent, they have abilities, and yeah. they get they get stuffed into a box. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like let them let them blossom. Absolutely, uh, and and so it, so now I've got this this research. I've got the amygdala. I've got this primitive part of the brain, um, and then the other thing that Dr. Rathbone was saying was that uh, it's it happens much earlier than we're consciously aware of it. And so there was this research that was done, and these are all like brain scans and things like that as well. Research showed that your intuition actually acts seven to ten seconds on average before you actually take a decision or, or, or take an action. Mm. Seven to 10 seconds, your intuition already knows what decision is. It's just within those seven or 10 seconds, we screw it up, right? So <laughs> now we have, the, I've got the art and I've got the science. And now I have a definition that makes sense to me. 
Yes. So now I'm thinking, okay, let's take a look at these signals. And so the, one of the characteristics of these signals is that they're both positive and negative. And so if you look at positive signals, positive signals are the ones that tell you what the right decision is to make. So that voice that I had in my head. Um, and so other signals that I have are like the dots connecting, a sense of flow. And I've even had one CEO. Uh, he's now moved on to another, uh, it's a sort of a, an online clothing uh, thing. But he sees this omen that comes up on his right shoulder. No shape, no color. But whatever he's doing, if he's hiring someone, if he's bringing in a partner, or working with a vendor, and this omen pops up, then he, he just says yes to whatever's happening. That's his positive signal. I have a singer-songwriter that sees an orb, an actual floating orb. So again, specific experiences, specific signals, our own definitions. So this is where it's really, really unique. Um, and then there's also negative signals. And so the thing with negative signals is that it actually, they actually start very subtle in nature. And these are the ones that we miss. So if you listen to Oprah, she calls it a whisper. And it's these whispers that we miss because they're very, very subtle because we're not in tune with our intuition. And if, if you miss these small whispers, these subtle signals, they start to get louder and louder and they change until it's tapping you on the shoulder to say, hey, listen, you better listen to me. And I've even had people I've interviewed have gotten into car crashes or at that point they're about to take their own lives or it, it gets that severe or just pounding migraines. Uh, but it all started with a whisper and they, they're able to track back to that first decision that they missed, uh, which actually morphed into like migraine headaches or something. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then for me, so these negative signals are, you know, sort of the, 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 the hairs on my, my back, then uh, the neck st standing up a bit. Um, you know, I do get that gut feeling, which is negative or resistance. Uh, and I had this one CEO that I was, uh, he was an entrepreneur I was interviewing and he didn't know what his signals were. He says, Sunil, I'm not sure. Like I've never, nobody's ever asked me that. But every time we talked about the ventures that he got into for the wrong reasons, either for the money or it was a waste of time. As he's telling the story, he kept grabbing his ear, left earlobe. Mm. And about 10 minutes later, he just says, Sunil, I just realized one of my negative signals is a le my left earlobe getting hot. And he re now recognizes that when he went into those ventures, he couldn't figure out why, why his left earlobe was getting hot all the time. And he's thinking, I should got to go to the doctor. And now he also remembers when he's talking to his wife that about those ventures, his left earlobe gets hot. So that's how specific these things can get. And so... And this is where we have to, uh, to when we have these signals, the way that I look at uh, how intuition uh, really operates, it's like driving a car. Okay. So uh, when you drive a car, you turn it on, and then you hear the engine whir, and those are the signals that are telling you uh, whether the engine's good or bad, and then you just drive. You don't necessarily need to pop open the hood to figure out how complex is it. Uh, now, I'm the nerd that, that decided to do that. And so I popped the hood on this thing called intuition and I wanted to really figure out, okay, what it actually is it? And it turns out that there's actually four types of intuition that work all at the same time in a split second. And then they communicate to you through these positive and negative signals to tell you what the right decision is. And the best way I can characterize this is with a case study from a non-believer. So one of my friends, uh, this is at the early days of intuitionology. He, uh, I, I uh, now this is an investment banker. So when I'm telling, asking him about intuition, he's like, Sunil, intuition, like, what are you talking about? Because remember, at the time, it was voices from God, uh, manifestation, meditation. And so to somebody who's, who's deep in data and experience and spreadsheets, that's a definition that he's not going to embrace.
So yeah. he says, I don't know what we're going to talk about here, but come on down. We'll talk about intuition for about five minutes, I think. And then let's just catch up for the rest of the hour. So I go down, I flip the camera on and I tell him about the CEO that sees omens. And he says, I really wish I'd like to shake his hand. Uh, and he sits, he sits back in his chair and says, Sunil, like intuition's not like, I, I mean, business decision or decisions in life are kind of based on experience and learning. And I said, well, John, his name is John Rothschild. One of the four types, and now we're going to start getting to four types of intuition. One of the four types is called experiential intuition. And what experiential intuition does is that when you're born, remember your neurons are firing, getting all these experiences around you and soaking them up in the subconscious area of your brain. So if you look at your brain like an iceberg, 90% yeah. is below water, 10% is above water. So these experiences are coming in both learning uh, from college or university or just taking a course or informal street smarts, your experience in jobs or running businesses, go both good and bad, uh, and your experiences and others consistently putting all these experiences in. So when your intuition is giving you a signal of what to do, it's already telling you that you have the raw skills to actually move in that direction. Okay. And so, and in some cases, experience, your, 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 exper your experiential intuition will have you go against the data. And John says, well, actually, I have a, an example of that. And I said, well, tell me about that. And so this is, so John was in the business of putting franchise locations. So typically when you put a, a McDonald's or a Wendy's or one of these franchise locations, in John's case, they, his company used a benchmarking system. So basically in nine out of 10, when they looked at traffic patterns, uh, demographics and development in that area, a nine out of 10 means a, a franchise location can go. And now we're going to get into the second of the four called situational intuition. And this is where they go to a dilapidated area of Toronto where it was just run down. They wanted to put this, this franchise location that was a five and a half out of 10, not even close. And he goes there with his partner and he goes, this, you know what? I feel, I feel like we should be putting the franchise here. And they did. And the team was upset, of course. But that franchise location, that franchise brand called the Beer Market, ended up being one of the most profitable under his whole portfolio of franchise operations, wow. uh, all because of situational intuition. And now he's also now starting to use the language of perhaps it was intuition. I'm not sure. Perhaps. So now he's, this is half an hour in, he's kind of getting it. We start talking about more about hire, using intuition to hire team members, to hire partners, and some of the decisions that he made. Uh, and then um, his purpose changed. And this is where it's really, really important for people to understand. As, a, as an investment banker, he, wanted, he was always on the sidelines, not running a business, but watching and, and investing in business. There came a point, he had an intuitive moment, as I call it, that he said, I, need, I want to be a coach. This is, I'm quoting from him. I want to be running a business. And so his purpose completely changed. And so now we're going to get into the third of the four called relational intuition. Relational intuition filters those relationships to get you to pay attention to only those people that really support your purpose in life. So all the people in his life that were concerned about money, security, fame, high-end restaurants, private jets, limousines, three to $4 million a year, all what John was involved in before said he's nuts. But not one of them asked him, why do you want to do this? 
right? And the one person that believed in his purpose was his wife. And so his relational intu intuition stripped everybody's uh, voices aside. And he turns to his wife, and I'm quoting him now. He says, looks us straighter in the eyes and says, this just feels right. There's your intuitive signal. Yep. From a non-believer to now talking an intuitive signal. And now he's embracing intuition. He says, intuition led me to do this decision. And so now you would think that if he's going to run a business, his intuition would pick a business with strong revenues, fantastic cash flows, and a healthy balance sheet. Not his intuition. He, his intuition picked a tiny, bankrupt little restaurant. <laughs> and the only person that believed him was his wife. And now we're getting into the fourth, which is called creative intuition. Creative intuition uses all the other three and actually makes the decision for you. So if you have a decision that's mundane, like what am I going to eat? I'm going to turn left here. Your creative intuition is low. But when you make a, a, a decision that goes against what a lot of people are thinking and they think you're nuts, mm -hmm. your creative intuition is high. So everybody thought he was nuts except for his wife. But he made the decision. He quit his 3 to $4 million a year job, walked into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant ended up being Eastside Mario's location number one. Okay. And that he turned that into over a thousand locations. And in the 20 years before he retired, he that was $2 billion wow. in revenues, all because it felt right. Felt right. <laughs> That's the power amazing. of intuition. That's amazing. I, I want to expand on the relational one. Yep. Because I feel that a lot of people get their wings clipped right there. Yep. Where they'll feel something. And then they let the outside forces kind of take it away from them. So I see that you that you created a seven step process. Like I have one yeah. too. I don't know if there's some magic in the number seven, but there's a lot of seven step processes out there. Yep. But the fourth step in mine is assessing your support system. Actually, it's the fifth step. It's assessing your support system, and I, I get pretty I get pretty stern with it because yeah. like I dealt with it with it myself. When I was first making the jump from managing managing restaurants to going into the fitness business, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, because again, everyone's like, "How are you going to do it without a degree? You don't really have savings, you know. How are you going to get a loan? Like, and just all these other questions." And I was like, "Listen, I found something I'm good at, and I like it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not stressed out doing it." I said, "I'm going to figure it out." And same thing, people are like you got to think about the kids, you got to think about this and that, and. I was like, nope. Said, listen, I have a group of people right now that believe in what I'm doing. Yep. And that's all it. That's all it takes. It's like if you guys can't support that, then we just don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, plain and yeah. simple. I was like, I love you to death, but when I'm doing this, back off. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Off. And then it was able to come come to fruition. Had I given in, I'd still be managing re restaurants and miserable. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and so you're alluding to my seven day challenge. And so in the seven day challenge, which is free, by the way, and anybody got to go to, uh, to intuitionology.com or actually Robert, I'll give you a, a link just for your, uh, for your listeners uh, and those watching. Uh, but in the seven day challenge, one of the, the, and it's a very specific step that I have people go through. And the first step is obviously you, this is where you, you identify a problem that you want to solve that you've tried in the past and hasn't worked. Uh, and then the first step you do is you identify that problem. And then what does solving this problem mean to you? Like what, what do you shed? What are you going to gain? Why is it so important for you? And list as many of those important things as you can. 
once you've got that, I actually measure your intuition from a percentage perspective at the start of the seven day challenge before you even go in. And so you get a percentage baseline of where your intuition is from a strength perspective. Then the first, the next thing I get you to do is look at what didn't work in the past. This is very important. You spend time uh, making sure that you identify what didn't work in the past and what did it feel like when it didn't. And these are now you're identifying those negative signals. And what you have to do with those negative signals is you have to spend quite a bit of time thinking, was that the third decision? Was that the second decision or was that the first one? Because remember those subtle signals. Yeah. And the, the thing is like you and I can have a voice. Let's say well, it's a voice. And for you, that could be signal number one for any negative thing, which is perfect. But for me, let's say that's signal number three and I'm good to go. So if if I've, if this is signal number three for me, what happens is I've missed two signals. If I've missed two signals, I've made two bad decisions. Yeah. So those two bad decisions could result in maybe just stubbing my toe on a wall or it could be headed towards bankruptcy. I don't know. And so this is very important, figuring out what your negative signals are first. Then what you do is you put yourself in an environment where you can think clearly, cut out the noise, and then listen to the positive signals. And what you do is you start to say, okay, how am I gonna solve this problem? These are the steps that I think that are gonna work. If it's the right step, it's gonna feel like you're a positive signal, a flow, the dots connecting just feels right. Yeah. Uh, and now that you've done your work on the negative signals, if you put a step there, that's not the right one. There's a negative signal that's gonna come and say, ah, ah, I, you thought, I, that's not the right step. So now you know that in the plan of solving this problem, you take that step out because that if you don't, you've wasted time. You're going down, you're already making a bad decision. And so your initial negative intuitive signals are telling you, don't do that. Yeah. And so once you've got the positive signals, so now you've got your inventory signals, the very next step, and we're talking about, uh, about relational intuition, is who's gonna solve that problem for you. And what's important in this case specifically is you've identified a problem, who's gonna solve this problem for you? So it could be someone in your inner circle, it could be somebody way off, which is a mentor. The the thing that you, and I, and I warn people in the 70 challenge, the one thing that you have to not do is force somebody in there from an emotional perspective. So maybe you want your best friend in there because he or she's your best friend, or maybe you want to, it, you, it feels cool to tell people you're in a seven day challenge. And so you ask someone at that for their, for their advice, because so you can tell them that you're in a seven day challenge and it makes you, it strokes your ego. You get a dopamine. Yeah. That's the wrong reason for doing this. Your intuition has, you have to use your intuition to fill. And this is where your signals come in. If you ask somebody, you think about someone that's going to solve this problem and it's not the right person, that negative signal is going to come up. Listen, that's an ego hit. That person, that's not going to solve your problem here. And so once you've got the, the right people in place, do you need to change an environment? Do you have to shift your environment in any way to make sure that this thing happens? And the last thing is action. And then I measure your intuitive strength at the end of the 70 challenge. And I've had 54,000 people now through the challenge. 100% of the time, there's been an increase in their intuitive strength in just seven days. And the other thing I have is that I've got two people as that serve as case studies who go through each of these tasks with you to get to what they did. One of them is John Harris, who actually sold his house using the seven day challenge. The very, very first day, uh, he was about to say yes to someone who, who threw her real estate card in his face and was saying, ah, $20,000 under, that's all you're gonna get. I know the market, et cetera. 
So before the seven day challenge, he would have been badgered into saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, he would get scared. And that was the tactic of this real estate agent. But over the seven days, he knew to trust his intuition. And at the very seventh day, he actually sold his house for $50,000 over uh, asking on a bidding war. That's a $70,000 decision. $10,000 today is not that bad. Uh, and the other person um, who's a huge fan of what I'm doing is Ashley Michelle. Ashley Michelle was actually a witness to a homicide. Mm. Uh, and it, it's, it's even worse than that. Her boyfriend had killed one of their best friends. She happened to walk into the apartment. He closes the door behind her, locks it, puts a knife to her back and says, you're next. Oh, my God. And she says her, her relational intuition, her intuition calms her down and watches him to keep him caught. If she, if, if she got an emotional, she would be dead. Yeah. And so she watches him. Uh, she gets assaulted, choked, blood vessels popping. He asks her to cl uh, clean the blood. She refuses. Uh, and then her intuition gives her that one moment to escape. And she, she picks that moment, runs, unlocks the door, runs 18 flights down, uh, stairs out of the apartment, 911, uh, and she's obviously alive. Yeah. And she suffered a lot of PTSD, depression, uh, and anxiety. So she used the seven-day challenge to minimize. It's not going to get rid of it. Yeah. But what she learned in the seven-day process is that she, the best thing for her is to go back to the gym to really kind of let her emotions settle. And she also learned how to start trusting people just a little bit more. Uh, and then after the seven days, I mean, it's just, it, it just, it was so much more light at the end of the tunnel for her life because she constantly lived in fear and anxiety and looking uh, around her back. And finally, this is this, there's a way that for her to really kind of tap into her intuition to actually find a little bit more life in her, in, in, in her, a little bit more light in her life to trust, start trusting people a little bit more and to react if there's something bad, but react quicker. Yeah. For her, it was amazing. So these two people go through the seven-day challenge. And so what I tell people is if these two people can go through the seven-day challenge to solve their issues, you can absolutely solve whatever you can, whatever problem you have in those seven days. So what, what do you say to the naysayers? Because there are people say, yeah, you know, I followed my intuition and it just didn't work. You know, like I don't, yep. I don't believe in this. Okay. Yeah. So and so the, and now we're getting into what we call four. There's four intuitive hurdles that really affect us. Yeah. Uh, and I'll go through them very quickly. Um, and because one is being way too emotional. And so specifically in relationships, we get very, very emotionally attached. Intuition's already given somebody else a second chance. Now we're talking about the third, fourth, fifth chance. So you get way too emotional. Uh, then the other thing is you get too rational. So fo me following engineering, you know, societal norms, we're too rational about it yeah. when our intuition is telling us to go the other way. Um, the, the third one is called ego. And ego is there's two sides to ego. There's the narcissism. And the other one is following the herd. So this is where you actually bring people in because maybe they, they're wearing certain brands or they're cool or they, mm -hmm. they, they know someone famous or whatever the case is. You already know that you've got someone that has their values that are so far away from yours, but you still want to associate with them. And so that's, that's being the ego. And the last one, which is the big one, is fear. And so the thing with fear, there's the fear of failure, fear of change, fear of the unknown. And what you have to remember is that when you hit the amygdala, right, it's fight or flight, right? It's if it's fight it, it, or, or flight, it just means that you've got a saber tooth tiger coming. The other one is fight. You've got to fight through that fear. And the thing you have to realize is when intuition gives you a signal to say, even though you're fearful, that that's the decision you have to make. Yeah. It's already gone back to your experience and said, you've got that raw talent. You've been through this before. I don't know what you're scared of. Because I'm telling you, you've done it before. So you just need to walk through that fear. 
And a great example I have is there's a fellow named David Dame who has cerebral palsy in his wheelchair all his life. And his dream was to just put the sand in his toes on a beach. So he goes on vacation and he finally has this dream, which is about to turn into reality. And so his friends wheel his wheelchair onto the edge where the sand meets the water. He stands up and he falls flat on his face. And now he's embarrassed. There's that fear that comes up. And he says, at that moment, Sunil had two choices to make. The first choice is to succumb to that fear and sit back in my chair and forever regret that I never lived that dream of mine of just walking in the water. Or I can battle that fear and take a step and take another step and take another step. And that's exactly what he did. And he points to his chin and says, the water gets to about up here. And that's when he looked back and he hadn't realized how far he had come. That's what happens when you battle fear um, to, to uh, actually take the steps into the water. And it, when you're talking about uh, intuition, some people say intuition leads you down the wrong path or there's a lesson in it. That's simply untrue. Uh, intuition is always right every single time. And I had, uh, I, I don't know if your, your uh, listeners or those watching are familiar with, with Mark Metry. He has the Humans 2.0 uh, podcast. It's, it's a top 100 on iTunes. So he was on my show talking about intuition. And when he was in high school, he developed social anxiety and was so bad that he had to lie and lie and lie until he lost his identity and he almost took his life. And so he started talking, when we started talking about intuition, he started talking about, yeah, intuition sometimes leads you down the the wrong path. And he starts telling me that story. And I let him finish that story. And then I said, Mark, you know what? Uh, If we rewind the podcast interview, and I've done this a couple of times, what you started by telling me this, uh, you know, goes down the wrong path. But before you started telling me you started lying, there's one th- sentence that you said right at the very start. And, and you said, I knew I shouldn't have lied, but mm. that's his intuition right in him telling the story that he knew he shouldn't have lied. The but in his case was ego yeah, fitting in and he needed to lie again, lie again, lie again. And his identity was so far separated from who he really was that he didn't feel like he should he should live and he almost committed suicide. Uh, and obviously, luckily, he didn't. Uh, and we talked about how intuition kind of got him out of that with the signals and all that. Uh, and then obviously, you know, he's doing very, very well talking about social anxiety. So intuition is never wrong. And I think it's just because we don't understand it to the level that I've gotten to. We don't understand our signals. So when we when we uh, have these these four intuitive hurdles, we kind of think that it's intuition. But a lot of people don't understand how that these signals are there because they've ignored it. And so then then they look back and say, yeah, intuition put me through there. I knew, I thought I knew what the right decision is. But you you made a decision based on way too much emotion, for example. Yes. Right? And so don't justify that with equating that to intuition. And many, many people don't understand that until now, until I've done, done a lot more deeper research into this. Now I'm giving people the tools, such as a seven-day challenge, to really kind of fix that and start living their life today. Uh, uh, you know, listening to those signals so that every decision from here is just going to move them closer and closer to happiness and success. And frankly, I mean, that's a great way to live life. And it's not about monetary success, right? It, it's not about that. And you can get out of any difficult situation. And a great example of this is um, there's somebody I interviewed, Sarah Prout. Sarah Prout came through a 10, 10-year abusive marriage, 40 instances of physical, massive physical abuse. Wow. And she, and she, there was one time she, it was December 31st of, I believe it's 2016. She goes outside, looks to the stars and she gets a clear signal now. 
get out now. And this was, this was it. She finally had, she had used self-talk before to keep her in the relationship. She was done. She was finally done. And so she left that front door, uh, $30,000 in debt on welfare with two kids to feed. She had no place to live. Uh, she's picking up furniture from the side of the road. She's actually going into public washrooms so she can steal the soap and put the soap together so that her kids can have a shower eating yeah. beans and rice or beans and bread for days. Um, but she trusted those signals of intuition day in, day out, moment after moment, knowing that something better is going to come. And six years later, six and a half years later, she met the love of her life on Twitter, married him. And so now she's running a multi-million dollar business in manifestation. And so the, let's make sure we don't focus on the money. Yeah. We got to focus on the opportunities because success is really internal success. Now, it could lead to things like money or things like, uh, you know, uh, fame or things like, you know, better happiness. But we got to make sure that we don't look at it from an extrinsic perspective. Yeah. Let, we, let's let's be explain. The, sorry. Let's expand on that that real quick because yeah. looking, looking at the four negative triggers, you know, the emotional, the rational, the ego and the fear. Yeah. Because I know people, and my, myself included, I probably stayed stayed in the restaurant industry 10 years longer than I should have. Like, yep. like I knew this isn't what I want to do. Like, I'm built for happy-go-lucky. I'm built for mo for motivation. I'm built for leading people, you know, and helping people get to a place that they don't think they can get to. And I, and I wasn't fulfilling any of that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was in charge of my schedule and stuff, but I wasn't being fulfilled. And... I, I could say, yeah, my intuition was leading me to get out, but I think it was the fear and the emotion of actually making that jump. Yeah. So out of those four, do, would you agree or do you, in your research, do you see that those two are, are the, the biggest the biggest things, why, why people would ignore it? Yeah. So I would think that it's, it's probably all for hitting you at different points, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so if you look and, and you know your story better than anybody, you know, when was that fear come in? When was being too emotional? When, when did you stay there? When was it too rational? Because the story you told others was the right story that you thought you needed to tell. Yeah. Uh, you know, when was it ego? Was it a, a group of people that you listened to that you shouldn't have? Uh, you know, so I, I, in, in my case, I'm thinking that all four of them at different points uh, of your thinking have hit you. And the other yeah. thing you have to also realize, there's something called opportunity cost. And a lot of people don't realize that the cost of a bad decision is twice. And I'll, I'll put it in, and I don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to put you on a, on a, in a bad uh, emotional spot here. But if you think about the 10 years that you, and I'll say kind of wasted, not in a, I mean, there's always something you learn, yeah. you know, even the bad times. But let's say you spent 10 years doing something you, you didn't do. You've also sacrificed 10 years of what you could have done. Yeah. So you've actually wasted 20 years of your life. Yeah, yeah, I've I've accepted right. that that already. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 if you're in the business of helping people, yeah. so how many other people didn't you help in those twenty years? Yeah, and that really nails it for some people when they think about making the wrong decision. Yeah, like oh my god, because now it, we're really being severe in terms of the cost of making a bad decision. So in some cases, it's time, energy, and money for some. I mean, there was someone who succumbed to an online scammer over a million dollars. Wow. In two years, a million dollars. And the only reason it stopped is because the scammer got a conscience and said, I'm scamming you. Otherwise, I think that would have been $2 million. And she was happy to tell, talk to me about this yeah. because it was going to help someone else. That's yeah. what happens when you ignore your intuition and you can stop it today. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So going back, to, all right. So people come in for the seven day they challenge. It's like what, like what exactly is the challenge for people tuning in right, right now? What yeah, do they can accomplish yeah. in these seven days? So basically, they're going to solve a problem that they have, and they think about a problem that's that's dear, near and dear to, the, to them. What do they want to get solved that they uh, hasn't worked in the past? They start with that. Uh, and then through the seven days, they use the components of their intuition to figure out, okay, what's my action plan? Mm. And, and using it could be the, anything, anything, any problem that they have. So John sold his house. Um, uh, I, I one, once I had as yesterday, somebody two, two days ago, someone told me that he had finished the challenge and he hired somebody on his marketing team because of this, which he intuitively knew six months before that he should have and he hesitated and so uh, in that seven days it become very it became very clear to him that he needed to bring on these this resource and now his in the last two days his marketing program's actually taken off a little bit at least he's moved towards it so it can be a business decision it could be an entrepreneurial decision it could be a personal decision as someone else cut out someone out of her life because it was affecting her and her husband uh, and when that person was finally, she got the the um, motivation or, or the confidence in her intuition to cut this person out. And I met her three weeks after the seven day challenge. She says, oh, my God, my marriage hasn't been better because this person was indirectly responsible for both of these guys arguing. Gotcha. And when that person was actually cut out, she said it was just night and day. And so it, it depends on what you want. You define the problem. It's your intuition. It's your signals. It's 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 your subconscious phenomenon you're born with. All I'm doing is I'm shining a light saying it's here. You go the path doing stuff. It's it's not mine or it's another. It's not a, a, a proprietary formula that's come from some textbook. This is how it, this is going to work for you using your own tools and resources. And that's why you can solve it. All right. Yeah. So I just wanted to expand that just for the people people listening just because, you know, there's a whole, whole myriad of issues that people deal with. Yeah. So I just wanted to break it down. Like, can this work for anything? Whether it's yep. someone in maybe a not so great relationship or someone's not yep. liking their career or if someone has a strained relationship with a yep. parent or a child that they want to repair. Yeah. And any of those, and there's also a PDF, there's a fillable, uh, a PDF worksheet that starts. And so you start with the problem and you type it all out. So once you have that template, uh, that worksheet, you download the worksheet and it's blank and you use up that template for any problem you have. And so you don't even have to come into my world at all. You don't even have no, you don't even have to spell my name or pronounce my name. Once you go with the seven day challenge, you have this Adobe PDF that you can use for any decision you have. Take it. It's free. You've got a free copy of my ebook and run, start making decisions. It's, it's that simple. Right, we have a comment here from Amy. Fantastic information. This resonates with me greatly. Fantastic. Thank you, Amy. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for, for the comment. All right. So we got about seven minutes to go. Yeah. All right. So now, so now that you know all of this, have you for, forgiven yourself for what happened to your friend? Because you said you kind of felt responsible in the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's always learnings in the stuff that's happened in the past, good or bad. And a lot of that trauma, if you, what happens with people, sometimes they get stuck in the trauma in the back and their emotions are stuck there. So people who work with me and, and there's a boot camp or I have a one-on-one, -on -one, that's what they get rid of because that's what's keeping them from really kind of either forgiving themselves or moving on. It's just part of life. And so what happens is when we're stuck in those, uh, those, those, the past, we've, we don't, we forsake the, the future or, the, or we forsake moving in the right direction because we're constantly working to fix in the past or run away from problems in the past 
or you know I'm going to show that person that I'm better. But th those kind of questions are immaterial because you once you have your values set, once you have your purpose set, if you have a strong set of values and you trust yourself, nothing else matters. Nobody else matters. And the problem is the majority of us don't trust ourselves because we're running from something in the past. We're proving something to the people in the past. And so, again, we're wasting time proving something to somebody that, that they don't care. We yes. care for them. <laughs> why, are we, I, why are we caring about somebody else that they don't care for us? I say I that almost that. every single show that yeah. one of the biggest things that holds people back is they think that the other people care as much as they think they care. And they it, really don't. <laughs> they well, you really know what they, what they care for is when, they, when you fail or when you're going down the wrong path, that's when they care. You say, ha ha, look what I told you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, so the, and, right. and even still, that doesn't have to that doesn't have to bother you. I mean, we've no, all yeah, failed. I've, yeah. I've failed over and over and over. I'm yes. sure you failed over yes. and over and over. Everybody yeah. has and everyone does. Yes. You know? so, yes. So like, you know, people were telling me in the beginning about uh, about the gym. You know, you can't do this. You can't do this. And, you know, for the first year or so, it was rough. It was real rough. Same same thing. I had to get on food stamps and all that other stuff to, to make it work. But I did it the way you know public assistance is, is supposed to be done public assistance yeah. so while I, while i was getting that I, I was finishing up my certifications and gaining experience training training other people and, and you know getting the science down behind it and working on my communication and my connection skills and then once it took off i was able to get off of the assistance and move forward but yeah. i had i had all the noise coming at me for an entire year about wow. what are you doing? You know, you're, you're chasing some dream. And I said, yeah, isn't that why we're born? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't yeah. we born to do amazing things? Yeah. <laughs> and, like there's, and, there's, and there's one thing I always say, like this, this, this is my train and I'm on my own tracks and this is how fast it's going. Yes. If you want to join me, great. Sit quietly. If you don't, get off at the next station. Yep. And if you continue <laughs> to bug me, I'm going to kick you off myself. Mm-hmm. Because it's my train, it's my purpose, it's my values, it's my life. I don't want regrets. I want to wake up every day, and I do, with a smile on my face. I know where my kids are headed. I'm giving them amazing values. My, my daughter's running a nonprofit business. Both of them are, are going getting away from bullying incidents without getting into the bullying incident. I mean, the decisions that I'm leaving a legacy for my kids, for my wife, for the people around me, it's, it's just it's, it's incredible. And it's just that feeling that drives me forward. And has nothing to do with money, fame, anything like that. It has everything to do with just waking up and being happy and then educating yes. people like you and those watching that they can do this too with their own subconscious tool called intuition. It has nothing to do with me or you or anything else that they need to be tied with too. Yeah. They've got it already in them. Yep. And, and it's all about following your passion. Like, like yeah. you started this show saying about what do you want to do? And the clients that I work with, that's the the toughest thing that I deal with is just getting people to answer that question. What yeah. do you want? What do you and, want? And make, well, you know, yeah, I kind of want to, and maybe I want, it's like, they don't know. I was like, I said, yeah. for, for me, I'm simple. I'm very simple. I just want options. It's yeah, like, and, I don't, and, and, I don't yeah. need fancy cars. I don't need a fancy yeah. house. I don't need lavish vacations, but I want the option to do all three. 
Yeah, and a lot of times <laughs> when we're looking at answering that question, sometimes we're looking at what people are thinking subconsciously, but even before answering, well, what's it going to be money? What's going to give me fame? What's going to give me security? What are people going to think? So we're actually thinking about that before you think about what's passionate, uh, what you're passionate for, what's your real purpose in life. Again, there's a strong values. What do you want? What do you purpose? What What are your values around money, your relationships, fame? Change them. Change the environment. Be strong. Use yes. that filter. And then your purpose becomes stronger. And then nothing else matters. And, and then when you when you get to that state, you'll know exactly what you want to do, exactly what you want to do. And don't borrow it from Tony Robbins and all these other people. I've had people, you know, go into the coaching industry and using Tony Robbins stuff. And you can tell that, this, well, how are you going to change the you've taken somebody else's five value uh, framework and, and yeah. you're, it's not genuine. Yeah. And intuition is a two way street. So as much as your intuition is, is exuding out, my intuition is watching others. If I see there's a disconnect between you and your, and your words, again, we're getting matching uh, relational. If you're not being genuine, my intuition is triggered with a negative signal. I'm yep. never going to believe you. And I'm never going to pay for your coaching program. I'm never going to want to have you in my social circle. A and you may be the perfect person for me from, a, from my inner circle, but you're fronting. Yeah, You're not being genuine. And if you're not being genuine, how can I allow you to be my friend? How can I allow you into my circle? How can I buy your products and services if I don't trust you? Yeah, it and could just that's it, intuition. Yeah, I mean, it could just be just just the vibe isn't right too. Yeah, you know, just the vibe, and you like, walk away. Yeah, because like I I joined a group about how to how to grow your your Facebook group, and it just didn't it just didn't resonate with me. Like they didn't really do anything wrong. You know, their yeah. presentation was good, the challenge was fine. I got a lot out of it, but they just weren't the right ones. And so I found another group, and right from the introduction video. I was like, this is the one. <laughs> we didn't mm. even really get into the into the context or anything yet. And I was like, this is the one right here. Yeah. Yep. So you're and, right. And that's you right. Know. That's right. And so that's the one that springboards your success in whatever that area is. Yeah. The others are gonna get you going down wasting time because you don't believe in the in the one or two people that are teaching this thing. And and the, it might work for some people, but not for you. Yes. That's very, very important. So it doesn't matter if they've got 58,000 people that are in their group and you know 10,000 likes on a particular post. If that person or group or whatever doesn't resonate with you, who cares about those metrics? Because those are dopamine hits. Those yep. are absolute dopamine hits. What works for you that's going to move your life forward is very specific based on your intuition. And again, we come to trust. Remember the amygdala. Like, yep. do, feel, trust. That's it. That's it it and once Absolutely. you feel that you feel your way from from life and that's all you need to do and right. and who cares about anybody else all right give us a final word even though even though you kind of just did but give us a final <laughs> word <laughs> so and and so let's let me let me uh, leave you with something with especially fear fear is the big one and there's statistics yeah. that i've seen that one in twenty five thousand people are the only ones that are actually going to change out of twenty five thousand that are putting their hands up but let's look at this when you sometimes the greatest healing comes from your greatest pain and from a scientific perspective, when you go through something in the past where you've pain or you're making a, the, the, a bad decision or you've had some wrong decisions, your brain is actually, and this is scientifically now proven, your, your, your brain actually opens up the neurons to say, hey, give me a new route. Mm. And you have that ability to give those neurons a new route where you find success. The problem is that we go back to old patterns and we got those neurons to go back to the same shape that they were on. So when you're feeling fear or you want to make a change and it feels uncomfortable, it absolutely feels uncomfortable for the right reasons. And your brain is ready to make you cement some uh, neurotic, uh, neurological um, uh, pathways that are going to help you succeed. 
So now you've got something from a feeling perspective. You have something from a scientific perspective that you can make that change in whatever area of your life. So just do it. Love it. Just shut up and grind. You shut up and grind. That's absolutely <laughs> it. And that's going to help you move your little life ahead for sure. Absolutely. All right. Sunil, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. I really appreciate the time. And hopefully this was a uh, great uh, value. And Amy, thank you much, very much for your comments. I really appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. So again, intuitionology.com, free seven-day challenge. If you guys are dealing with stuff in, in your life that you want help overcoming, give the challenge, challenge a try. It's free. You never know. And it might just change your life. Absolutely. All right. So again, Sunil, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank I'm going to bump you out for now. All right. So... As the show is growing, so has my ability to expand it. And on shutupandgrind.me, if it is on your heart and you want to support the show further, I can now accept donations as low as 99 cents a month. That's nothing. But as I said, we're at the 16 countries now, and the goal is to take this baby global. And what, what those donations are, are going to do, they're going to help me get these videos translated into other languages. So that way, not I can go global and people can understand it for those places that don't speak English. All right. So like I said, if it's on your heart, shutupandgrind.me. If not, that's cool. Just keep watching, keep supporting, keep sharing, keep helping me find great guests like Sunil. And uh, that's it. We're going to keep things going for you. So thank you very much for tuning in. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.